as I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions. Looking at devoiding myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains, haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never gon' give up, give up. Fall okay. down, I just gotta get up, get up. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And uh, Maritza, was that you? You're, you're ready to get into the vibe? You were. Yes, you, I'm. I'm feeling the vibe. The, the, the music the vibe. is vibe. Uh, Zach Carlin is the my music composer, and I had a pleasure <laughs> of teaching for two semesters at Gateway, and uh, it was public public speak speaking course, and that was part of uh, uh, Zach's assignment. So rather than writing something, he composed this piece for me. Well, and, I love it. And I've been playing it for like five or six years. So I, I owe him big time residuals. I mean, major, <laughs> major residuals. Yes. Uh, let him know that I love it. But, and, and I get, I've gotten so much uh, positive feedback because it's the message. His message kind of expresses exactly what the show is trying to has, has been, I shouldn't say trying, has been achieving. Let, 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 let's, let's be present. Let's be active. Let's be healthy. Let's not be discouraged. We're going to be discouraged from time to time, but don't let it be a, a constant vibe, but, but pull on your, your, your better angels. So it's really so, so inspirational for me to hear it after five or six years. I'm still, yes. I still, still enjoy it. My guest this morning is Maritza Bond, director of the New Haven Health Department. Uh, and we're going to talk about a few things. I mean, obviously, it's the holiday season and vaccine and how can folks kind of participate and stay healthy. And we hear these words, COVID and flu, which are very much in our reality uh, and mm -hmm. also, about, also about resources. But it, 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 tend, it seems to me, Maritza, that although we're going to mention about the, the emphasis on the holiday season, that your 24-7, 365, uh, it's important for people to understand uh, that the season of health is constant not just a season or just not episodic or just not when you go out or go in but staying healthy should be your your preoccupation as a yeah, season seriously. in spite of snow on the ground you know but <laughs> but uh but, but but let's jump in i mean it is the holiday season and yeah uh, new haven health department is really focused on making sure that people as i say stay healthy 24 7 365 but but, but what, what do you what, what are you up to this uh this particular uh, time of time and space yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's, it's such a pleasure to always be in your presence, um, especially, you know, a longtime leader in the community and all the work that you do and advocacy efforts and um, and really addressing a lot of the disparities and bringing them to the forefront. So thank you for the work that you do You're for welcome. us in the community as well. Um, you know, for us at the health department, you know, you're right. Uh, our health is like our 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 should be our priority at all times, but we all know that in reality, there's always these competing factors, life that happens, and so making sure that it stays as our as a central point, especially as we enter the holiday season. Like, look how far we have um, now um, come from COVID pandemic. Right, we did not have all of the therapeutic medicine and vaccines um, and resources at our disposal, like masks and test kits. And now we do. And as we enter the holiday season, it's going to be important for us to remind the community um, about 
definitely getting into that, you know, holiday spirit and socializing, but being responsible at the same time. So we are kicking off this Thanksgiving holiday campaign. Mm. Really excited about it. Uh, my team have put together a campaign um, to really involve the community on the importance of getting vaccinated. So tell tell us, don't don't leave us hanging. Tell 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 us all about it. <laughs> so absolutely. So the the vaccine, um, the Thanksgiving holiday photo campaign, is a campaign which I myself participated. Is we're mm. asking New Haven residents to uh, submit a family photo of individuals either at a table or a holiday, a gathering that are vaccinated. And be entered into being able to get a, a chance to win different um, prizes that we have available mm. for our residents. So, of course, we'd love to um, really uh, um, represent the community. This is mm -hmm. for the community and by the community. So when the photos are entered, we are putting them on billboard or commercials and our websites. Mm. So we are entering them in different parts of our uh, media efforts and highlighting our families because um, it is a time for us to gather together, build those memories, but most importantly, protect ourselves from the different respiratory diseases that we're seeing in the community. And, and should folks go to nhvvax.org to work Yes. <laughs> so the campaign is on um, until December 26th. So uh, please submit your photos. We have um, different winners that we will be announcing throughout and your chance to also be on a number of different billboards, as I mentioned, and or commercials that we are putting together. And so we certainly want to um, get the community involved and, um, and also show that we are getting vaccinated um, in New Haven and mm -hmm. being able to protect our families. And so, so again, a person can submit their photos where? Um, they can visit the uh, nhvvax.org and get the uh, uh, instructions on how to upload your photo. We are asking people to have it in JPEG um, format. So if you take it on your iPhone, that should be sufficient um, in uploading that. Um, and the instructions are right on the nhvbacks.org. Tremendous. I, re I really like that. And how long, just, just out of curiosity, will the campaign and the billboards be up? So it started November 29th and it's through December 26th. We, are, we will be um, having the photo campaign running throughout the different um, platforms. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I, and, and you say you've you've uh, participated yourself with your sons, I'm presuming that you have the Yeah, with my boys. You, yeah, you, my you two handsome boys. young men. Um, so we uploaded, I mean, obviously I'm not going to qualify for the prize. I'm exact, okay. but, <laughs> but certainly wanted to participate in, up, we up, you know, we uploaded our photo. Um, we've, we've asked and encouraged our employees to do the same um, because, you know, the workforce is also part of the community. So um, definitely um, encourage, hope that can be encouraging for me families to participate as well. I, I like that. Who came up with the idea? Because we hear so much about social media. Sometimes we hear about the, the negative sides of it. And there, there's a reality to, to the temptations and how people use it for not positive reasons. But I really like that you're you're turning the table and, and, and kind of illustrating how we can use these new technologies for really yeah, to, you know, total community benefit. It's so important for me, you know, throughout my career, I've always used this social marketing model. It's a best practice evidence. It's an evidence-based model that you really have to be able to engage the community on every single platform, both traditional and what's trending now. And so, um, you know, we know that misinformation is also readily available through the mm -hmm. same exact platform. So we need to be able to stay ahead and be able to stay in tune where the community um, are really 
um, engaging, you know, and we also do grassroots, right? So with mm -hmm. our different vaccine partners, we are making vaccines accessible to the community. So, you know, this is definitely an effort that is a community driven, driven effort with the different um, community partners. Um, so getting right to the grassroots level, right at the neighborhood level as well. So, you know, for us, it's important to reach communities through every single platform, including yours. And, and before we go to COVID and flu and, and and updates in general, just curious, uh, share a little bit about your about your partners. Uh, and also, I'm curious in this kind of campaign in 20, it'll be another year and in 20 or so so, so days. Uh, I'm curious what you're thinking from a marketing standpoint for for 23. But 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 share share a little bit about your partners. So it's so important for people to to hear how collaboration is is really key. Yeah, so this this funding opportunity has certainly um, given us an, uh, a chance to build together a health literacy initiative where we're really also being cognizant of making sure that the health information is easily understood. A lot of times we're throwing information at people that has a lot of jargon. And so we have partners like the Community Action Agency of New Haven, Cornell Scott Hill Health um, Corporation, Corsi and Company, Fairhaven Community Health Center, Housing Authority of New Haven, Elm City Communities, uh, Micaria Media, Junta for Progression Action, uh, many and many, many others. And so, you know, the Board of Ed, our school system. So we certainly have come together um, as a community to making sure um, that we are collectively being, um, you know, in, in partnership to mm -hmm. making sure that we reach those communities. And I think that's why New Haven has been so successful um, as an urban city is because we know how to come together um, for the betterment of the, of the community we serve. That, 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 that's so key. And as you referenced at the top of the show, I have been around town for a few, for a few years and a few decades, but I got to tell you, in all, all transparency, it still is, it's uh, sometimes it gets somber about the, are we being effective as a collaboration? But most days I can still find some, 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 some distinct reasons for hope. And just when you listed those, those organizations, you guys are a touch point. So uh, mm -hmm. you may not, people may just be seeing you for the first time, although I'm sure they probably have seen you in other, other <laughs> campaign things. But, but Cornell Scott, when you mentioned, you know, AIM is the community agency. So the, the touch points, there's so many Fairhaven Health Hunter, there are touch points throughout the city that uh, people can kind of, they, they, they kind of, they can solve this mystery because they can walk a, walk a healthy, uh, mm -hmm. a, a healthy walk. Um, yeah. And I think that's how we were able to get through the pandemic. You know, um, in as a leader, you need to know when to serve as a convener. And oftentimes, as the health official for the city, I am convening partners together with my team. And I'm grateful for the team that um, I have to be able to bring these different partners together um, for, you know, the core mission of protecting the health of the public. Let's, I mean, let's just jump in about COVID and flu, and we might spend yeah. 10, 20, 30, whatever length of time is important just to, to talk about that issue, because these respiratory illnesses, we had these historical terms now, I mean, the word COVID, right, no one knew about it until 2019, I mean, if you're a scientist, you knew about the word, but so moving forward for the, for the future, we're going to have these words that, that indicate virus mutations for pretty mm -hmm. much the rest, the rest of our life, so uh, but, but give us a little COVID and flu uh, update and, and prevention standpoint, et cetera. Yeah, so as you know, um, we are certainly monitoring cases of all respiratory illnesses in, um, in the city and certainly have seen a significant 
um, increase in both COVID and uh, flu cases, not only in case rates, but also hospitalizations. And so really are concerned um, where we are, um, you know, we are encouraging individuals to be socially responsible. Um, you know, we already have all the resources at our disposal to be able to protect ourselves and our family members. And that is through mask wearing, uh, making sure that if you're going to be in a setting or you have any type of respiratory symptoms um, that are negative from COVID. Um, and also, you know, hand washing techniques, social distancing um, when in large gatherings, and then also getting vaccinated or using um, therapeutic medicine to be able to recover from um, a respiratory illness. And so for us, it's really about in not only getting vaccinated um, for an additional dose of COVID, but also considering a flu vaccine, um, because we certainly are seeing the case rate, for example, for COVID right now, it's over 114 cases per 100,000 in our county, which has significantly jumped uh, over 100% mm. in the last two weeks. Mm. And those are cases of people getting tested with a PCR test, meaning in a clinical setting that goes through a laboratory. We know that people are getting tested at home with a rapid test, and that is not reported. So our numbers are significantly mm. higher than what I am seeing. Our flu cases are also significantly high, um, you know, really concerned about the hospitalization also um, increasing by 96% in the last two weeks, um, over 111 um, inpatients right now with just COVID alone, not including our flu cases and other respiratory illnesses. So, you know, really I wanna just encourage the community to, you know, be cognizant of, Yes, gathering, yes, being um, in unity with your family and, and creating that bond, but also making sure that if you are developing symptoms or that, you, you know, you take those proper steps and measures to to protecting yourself and others. And, and it, but I do want to spend a few minutes on this, 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 uh, I'll turn, I'll use the term rhythm, which is kind of neutral, but the, the uptick and the swings and the, and the trends. But before I ask you more about that. Uh, for folks that want to kind of oh, exercise their, take ownership of their own health, so to speak, in terms of flu, flu vaccine clinics and testing locations, share a little bit about how people can access uh, the, the clinics. and. So absolutely. Testing. So yeah. as I mentioned, we, ha we have vaccination sites um, throughout the city. We are actually partnering with 15 schools in the city of New Haven from three to six o'clock. We are also offering for staff between one and three. And then the New Haven Health Department, as well as all of our vaccine providers um, that I mentioned. So nhvvax.org um, has a directory of all of the different neighborhoods that are offering vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Most of them are without an appointment. The New Haven Health Department certainly is a walk-in um, between nine to five. Um, and so the schedules do vary. So definitely check out the website. So depending on the location that is closest to you, um, individuals can be able to get the proper schedule. Excellent. Let's let's spend five or so minutes on the the, the trend line and the you know sometimes I'll listen to Bloomberg and about stocks going up and down and people might follow their particular athletic teams about who's winning who's losing. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'm just just as you were talking about the the uh, the, the increase since, since since Thanksgiving, it seems to me you could be on a the show every day and give a five minute report on, on what, what the trend line trend line looks like. You you've mm -hmm. been involved with you were in Bridgeport before you were in mm -hmm. uh, 
other places in Connecticut and been involved with health in terms of even your academic background for some, for several decades. I won't say exactly mm-hmm. how, how many. <laughs> 22 so what, years, so I know, to, right? <laughs> so what, is, what does that tell you um, uh, as, as you see these, these ups and downs and, the, and these swings? Are we as a human species just uh, hard-headed or is it just something that we have to always stay on top of? You know, there's always emerging diseases that we have to be concerned about and um, and then becoming aware of what those are and being able to know what measures we can take as a as an individual and as, as, as a community to be able to um, make the best decisions um, for our lifestyles and in, in, in changes and behavior changes. And so, you know, it is it is um, difficult because I think, you know, people grew weary of the pandemic. We were on lockdown for, you know, a long period of time and there was a lot of uncertainty. And and now we have this, you know, resources at our disposal. And we do certainly have our own individual responsibility. And that's why um, as a social responsibility, I always put it back on the individual is that we need to be responsible in number one, um, getting the right information. Number two, you know, getting the, the, the accessibility to to vaccines and being able to protect ourselves and others. I mean, look what we're seeing with our, you know, just the flu cases and RSV um, for our infants um, mm-hmm. and even COVID right now. And so uh, we want to make sure that people know what where to get those resources accessible to them, especially for free. Um, and 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 that makes it easier for for families to be able to, um, you know, be able to not only have access but also make it affordable. And it's as I as I have observed you in parts of your career, I've always been in admiration of your diplomatic and, and compassionate <laughs> compassionate speech. But let me ask, let me say, let me try to phrase my question another way: Is the uptick <laughs> is the uptick due to people kind of coming together for Thanksgiving in, in October? There were the, the predictions in the media that we would have this upswing. And it's just going to get, it's just going to continue to rise. I mean, the, you know, you know, unfortunately there, there are multiple viruses that we're seeing in the community and uh, largely has to do with the different um, gatherings that people are are having. Right. And so, and people being symptomatic and still, you know, sending their children to school or Hmm. still going to work because people do not have other means to be able to have the time to take off. And so it's really critical that, um, you know, if people are, you know, having some respiratory illness and it's not COVID um, to really practice those safety measures like wearing a mask and people can, um, you know, certainly uh, get test kits from the schools. They can call us at the New Haven Health Department. We want to make sure that we make masks Mm -hmm. accessible to the community um, because, we want to try to minimize the, the cases as much as possible, especially our vulnerable communities like our children and our elderly who often, um, you know, have lower immune systems and are impacted neg- negatively. Mm. Um, and so for us um, healthy individuals, we really need to be cognizant of as we gather in the holiday season, we are only going to see right now we are projecting that the cases are going to significantly increase as we enter the holidays. That is a reality. Um, and that is why we're really trying to do a campaign that brings in fun, but also reminds people that COVID is real, is still here, but we're also seeing flu cases and RSV in our community. And so there's multiple vi- um, viruses that we're seeing, and we should be somewhat concerned because we it could impact us 
in being able to gather together if mm-hmm. we're not responsible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've, just in my comings and <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in my comings and goings, I've uh, talked to at least five or six young five or six mothers who's mentioned that their their young child has has caught something, and and they were just almost frantic with the with that reality. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and it is because you know, oftentimes, especially when you're dealing with young children and then having to go to the hospital, it's it, it can be uh, you know very concerning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we encourage moms that have children over the six months old to get the flu vaccine for their children. We also now have the bivalent um, vaccine available for six months and up. So definitely contact the, your local pediatrician. Consult with the pediatrician what your best alternative options. But certainly we know that historically vaccines have saved many lives and continue to do so. And so we want to just get um, our families to participate with the Vaxgiving campaign. Let us come together as a community to show that in New Haven, in our Elm City, we do get vaccinated. And that is how we're going to continue to still be able to partake in these holiday festivities as we are entering them um, in the next week or so. Let me ask you to repeat again. If, if I'm a mother or a father and my young person is six months or older, you're recommending that I should do what? You should get, you certainly can get the flu vaccine and also a COVID bivalent vaccine, which is a, a dose that protects with B4 and B5 um, variants. And so we certainly want to encourage our um, you know, mothers um, and caregivers of anyone six months and older. Um, and co-administration of vaccine is certainly um acceptable of course you want to consult with your physician on what's the best alternative for for um you as an individual because you know we know that different individuals have different circumstances so um certainly um, we are here for you to assist remember to visit nhvbacks.org we have all the information on how you can participate in the photo contest and be entered into a prize and be part of the media campaign but also where to get access to additional doses if you haven't received an additional dose or a vaccine um, to get protected against the flu as well as COVID. And that's so, so critical what I've just heard you say, because as we think historically, initially there was some discussion about whether you had to be over 12 or it had to be over 15. Now we're saying six months or, or older. As, mm-hmm. as early as six it was months. just approved last week by the FDA. Yeah. Oh, break breaking, late breaking news. It is and, breaking news. And and talk, <clears throat> elaborate a little bit more on that in terms of approvals and FDA. And there's a, they didn't, they, they, the, the, the Food and Drug Administration did not flip a coin. They did not kind of like put their finger in the wind about this approval. There's a process to approve it's something. It's a vigorous yes. process and for in ensuring the protection um, of our, you know, of our community. And so the FDA um, did a vigorous process um, to approve the different um, vaccine vendors. And, um, you know, the, the fact that it has been approved goes go to show that we can go with confidence in getting vaccinated um, and being able to protect our children um, from having detrimental effects. Because we know that individuals may still um, contract the flu or um, COVID-19, but we know that the symptoms will be much lesser than um, one who would not be vaccinated. And that has certainly proven to be um, a fact. And so we want to make sure that we are protecting our children from going into the hospitals. We are continuing to see those numbers 
um, steadily increase and especially um, you know, communities right now, we have over 100, as I mentioned, of COVID-19 alone, which does not include our flu cases that are in the hospital. And, and I would urge, you know, Maritza, during the 2019-2020, I would talk to people and they would be, oh, this this too will pass. And there's there's a reason to have faith. But then I'm always reminded of friends that I know that I literally have have lost loved ones, have lost friends. Uh, you, I, I believe that you've mentioned on previous shows, you're someone in your family I had cut your mother or someone had contracted contracted yeah yeah so my grandmother and my and my mother yeah and so you know and that is exactly true a lot of us haven't been impacted and lost loved ones and you know in honor of their lives that they did not have access to those vaccines um, early on we should be able to you know take them into consideration as we continue to journey on. So many lives, unfortunately, were lost um, untimely because of this deadly virus. And we want to make sure that we remind the community that the virus is still very relevant today. It has not gone away. Um, Certainly, we are not regulating per se because we now have resources at people's disposal. And so we want people to be able to um, take accountability of one's health and be able to get access to the resources that are really available at your fingertips um, for free. And mm-hmm. so I think access and affordability is two things that, you know, as a mom that I care about. And I think it's important um, that people are aware that as a community, we have come together to make it accessible as a state. Um, it is a priority even from, from the state down to That's here right. to the local level. And so we just want to um, encourage the community to uh, you know, as you're gathering, uh, making sure that you get that additional dose and also a flu vaccine to get that double protection as we enter the holidays. And you mentioned the schools also. Fifteen un- schools are participating in this campaign with us, and we're very grateful. You know, I want to give a shout out to the Board of Ed. They, they've been a tremendous supporter uh, as we journey through um, the different uh, components of this response effort um, and always making sure that we are making it accessible right at the community level for schools. And, and I mentioned that because we, we've heard in the press and we, it, I, my, my, I'm stumbling here because there's people will hear in the, in the media what they want to hear in spite mm-hmm. of the source trying to communicate information. But certainly folks might have heard about uh, absenteeism in the schools, but some of, that, practices, yeah. so, some of that could be due to the kids not, not feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the balance that we're trying to uh, have and assess. And it is a reality that um, unfortunately, you know, if a child is ill, they're not able, and they don't have a fever that's been cleared within 24 hours, um, they're not able to, to be in school. And so that certainly has played a role. Um, but certainly there's other data metrics that they're looking at. Um, so hopefully well, as they're having this community conversations, I think there's one tonight, um, they can be able to talk about what that data looks like to be able to take into account the absentees from being ill versus um, children just not being enrolled um, and, and the fact that some children are not going to school. So definitely interested in seeing some of that data as they roll it out. Indeed. And so just just galvanizing the public in every way for us to kind of not only take ownership of your health, but to think about health health of others. And even, uh, Maritza, talk about, just as you were talking about the six six months and older, even, so daycare centers. I mean, if 
Mm-hmm. But daycare centers already mandate the flu vaccine, which is good. Okay. Um, so that's great. And, you know, daycare centers have been another instrumental um, way to be able to engage our, um, you know, daycare providers and informing them of our resources as well. Um, so certainly, um, in, you, we know I was a parent that utilized daycare services to be able to, you know, still have my career. Um, and certainly my children were always getting some type of illness um, because, you know, they're, they're gathering yeah. with other children. Right. And so certainly um, the, the daycares have done a phenomenal job in putting safety measures in place. And I want to commend all of the daycare providers for their continuous efforts in just being flexible and adoptive to the different evolving changes as we make different recommendations. Talk about this on the on the macro, the state and federal level. Marita, just shift a little, little, little bit about your job. I'm always trying to desirous of communicating to the public that any public official, he or she, they're located in a particular position, have a particular job description, but there's also data coming to them from either the region or the state or, or, or mm-hmm. nationwide. What, what, where's your, your, your kind of information network? Do you, do you get uh, emails every day from FDA or from your yeah, so, peers? You know, so as a local, so as a local health official, you know, I've been a local health official in two major cities, glad to be in a city where I was raised now and been in public health for literally 22 years. And, and as an agent of the state, so as a local health official, we're an agent of the state. So we work in partnership with the commissioner of the Department of Public Health and get a lot of information from the state. But we also, on as a statewide and as the Connecticut Association of Directors of Health, participate at the national level mm-hmm. um, to be able to gauge information both from the federal um, and also from our national, state, you know, other state leaders coming together. Um, and so certainly uh, participating on a number of listservs where um, information is constantly fluid um, and coming from different resources, but certainly meet with the state at least once a week um, to really stay up to date on infectious diseases, because there's a number of other infectious diseases um, that I have to monitor in the city, um, you know, in addition to COVID. And so um, making sure that we have a good understanding of that as well, and being able to then bring resources to the community to address other in, uh, potential infectious diseases, like, as you know, monkeypox was something that was impacting us this past summer. Um, and thankfully, um, we are seeing that those cases have leveled down um, and um, grateful for that, but certainly had to ensure that we build an infrastructure for that mm-hmm. and staying up to date mm-hmm. on, um, I participate now on a, you know, a national call on monkeypox to stay up to date. Mm-hmm. So certainly on um, a number of different platforms where as a health officials, we stay up to date so that we can have the latest information that is scientifically based and then making sure that we break it down as a level that can be easily understood for our community, both from the culture, the language and literacy levels, because we know that medical jargon can be confusing, right? <laughs> and so um, our job is to filter that down. And I have a great you know, health literacy team that has been working with our community partners in vetting that content um, once we get it. Tremendous, tremendous. I mean, that's so important for people for people to know. Uh, let, let's stay on the, the analytics for a second. Is it true that in terms of your you know, diagnosing where trend lines are like wastewater or 
So I look at a couple of platforms. So I have an Epi team, which I'm grateful for as well. And we look at wastewater. Um, CDC has a public portal where um, we are now doing New Haven County wastewater um, reporting. And we look at it from a county base. And then we know, you know, we have our Yale partner that also does the local level. Um, but looking at the county base is something that's consistent with also looking at our CDC, where we also look at the case rate. Um, but the wastewater is, for me, one of the best tools to look at because it's actual um, cases, because it's cases of people tested and not tested, right? It's actual, um, you know, unfortunate it's, it's sewage <laughs> or wastewater right. so that we're looking at it at the concentration levels and then it can give us real data. So I am obsessed with wastewater um, data because that is more accurate because now we have, you know, with the rapid test kits, which I love, by the way, I take them at home um, all the time, but it's, it's, it doesn't go reported anywhere. So the wastewater mm -hmm. allows us to be able to gauge where we are as a community. Another major tool that I use is the hospital data. So the hospital gives me data every single week. Um, we also participate in a monthly infectious disease call with the hospital on other infectious disease control efforts, but they also give me hospitalizations, for example, of flu um, cases versus COVID patients. And that is also a way that I gauge on how we're doing as community. Um, and that's when I start saying, okay, you know what, we need to make recommendations, as I mentioned today, on encouraging indoor mask use again, because we're seeing that you know, a hundred percent increase um, on those different, um, you know, tools that I use to assess, engage where we are as a community for, for disease. And so, you know, it's, it's really data. It could be boring for some people, but like other people are, they love data. Um, for me, I'm a data junkie because I like to look at the different ways I can be able to then determine the risk level for our community. So, so you are recommending that indoor, if people were willing to wear masks for indoor events. Yes, I am. So, you know, and obviously it's not a mandate. It is just a recommendation. It, um, but it is, a people, is it a strong desire of yours? Is, it is. Um, you know, now that we're entering the holiday season and we're gathering together, um, if we're doing large gatherings, I certainly encourage um, indoor mask uh, use. Um, when you're having these large gatherings um, and certainly getting tested frequently if exposed um, to making sure mm -hmm. that, you know, you're not um, transmitting any disease as well, because we know that when you are vaccinated, your symptoms can be really mild, mm -hmm. almost like an allergy. Um, and you don't want to, uh, you know, be contagious to others. So if you're symptomatic, wear a mask as well, um, because mm -hmm. we want to make sure that you're not spreading it to others. Let me drill down a little bit. And I realize that in your position as a public official, and the census is a public show that I don't want it so much. Oh, Maritza, it's, it's now is a, a New Haven mandate that has to happen. But even, <laughs> but even in, and so I, I'm comfortable in asking questions and I know you'll answer them to the best of your ability or you'll, 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 say, you'll say what you're able to say. In schools, should every student, is, would it be your desire that every student in school as we speak at Hill House right now or across where you graduated from a few, mm -hmm. a few, a few years ago, uh, <laughs> should, 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 they have, should they have on mass as we speak? 
So if so, we are encouraging. We provide masks and obviously test kits throughout the schools um, and, and make them accessible too. Um, it is already a recommendation. It has been. And so I have to tell you, I, um, you know, you know, Senator Winfield ha goes around to different schools every single month and he's always greeting students. And I went with him to a couple of the schools mm -hmm. um, and I was really surprised how many students already proactively are wearing masks without mm. anyone telling them to. Mm -hmm. So I think there's already this sense of like it's an individual choice. And so I always say, you know, be socially responsible if you are symptomatic, wear a mask. If you feel like um, you um, are being exposed, wear a mask and we can make sure that you have access to masks if you do not have them. And so I am pleased to see that throughout the district, I have been seeing students already being proactive um, wearing masks. And so certainly as we enter um, and seeing cases rise, well, we just want to continue to encourage people to wear those masks. And is the, and I really appreciate that, that answer, the predictions that you're saying, and uh, will, that, will those predictions come true in spite of people taking every proactive effort? You know, I think that it's inevitable that people are going to gather regardless. Um, and so uh, we, we, we are projecting that the cases are going to rise because of that. I mean, people are going to get together for the holidays um, and it is going to happen. So we are already projecting that it's going to increase because of that. We also know, um, you know, because there is, um, you know, uh, individuals are not wearing a mask necessarily in every single social setting because it's not required. It's an individual choice. Um, that viruses are going to continue uh, yeah. to um, mm. be in the, in the community. And so the projection is there. Um, we already seen the projection happen, um, as I you know, stated earlier with the data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, just reminding people to get vaccinated if you have not received an additional dose. Co-administration of flu and a bivalent vaccine is encouraged so that you can mm. um, be protected from both viruses. Um, and um, and protect you know your family members um, as you gather with um, grandmothers and your mothers, um, aunts and uncles um, that uh, may have an immunocompromised or some medical condition mm -hmm. that can compromise them. So you know, let's think about them as we um, enter this holiday season. Indeed. And can you get both shots at the, the flu and the COVID you at can. the same time? At the same time. Yep. Co-administration is allowable, um, of course. Um, if individuals have had prior contraindications or reactions or things of that nature, certainly consult with a provider. But we um, we do uh, it is approved um, by the FDA to have co-administration, meaning Excellent. you can get both vaccines at the same time. Yes, we have about uh, oh, 10, 10 or so minutes. So as things cross your cross your mind or as the spirit might might move you, that that that's the time for that to. To, to manifest those those visions and dreams that you have. But did you have a dream last night? Did you have any dreams last night? Um, I did not actually. About, about the night. I before. usually dream. I usually dream. What was I dreaming about the other the other day? I was like signing off on stuff. It was like really weird. It was really weird. But my kids are always telling me about their dreams, which is really funny. Um, what, 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 my my younger son. Yeah, what, what, what do they say? And this might sound like unrelated to why we're having a show, but I'm, I'm convinced that your thoughts and your dreams and, and your emotions kind of influence your health. I mean, that's kind of a broad statement, and I'll have to do a show on that later. But, but what do I they, love, what, you know, when I was in high school, I was so obsessed 
with dream interpretations. Mm -hmm. And I did like a whole essay and research on this back in the day when I had, you know, you didn't have access to the internet like that. And I had to go to the library and actually like do the research um, in pulling books. And, um, and they recommend that when, what I learned is that when you do have a dream, that it's important that as soon as you wake up, you write down what you remember and then try to see if there's a correlation, right? But our subconscious mind um, does somehow link together. And, and so your dreams are um, sometimes um, things that you've experienced. And I, I can tell you that when I was responding to COVID, I was always having dreams about some response effort <laughs> that mm. I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. been trying... Uh, for the last six, like since August, I've been really trying to do a lot of self-care mm -hmm. and find this balance um, between work and personal because, you know, the, we do, I, you know, we're out, I was working around the clock literally for almost two years um, without any real breaks. And um, they do that, you know, your personal life and your, and your, and your work life, they just really are interlinked together, regardless they're interlinked. But sometimes, um, you know, like in my case, I, um, I, I literally was dreaming about work. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> so, indeed, indeed. So I was just indeed. like, that's not a good sign. So, um, but yeah, so certainly, I don't know what I dreamt. I, I have, I didn't remember what I dreamt about the few, but I remember I was signing a, like a lot of stuff and I woke up and, you know, ironically, I, I was signing, you know, I'm always signing things for work. And so, like, I think I signed something like the day before that. And then, of course, I dream about it. But um, let, let, uh, just as you were talking, I really appreciate your sharing that because even your dream state prior to your waking state can kind of impact what you do when you wake up. So it's just, and you say writing it down, just in terms of, I think people want to kind of analyze themselves about how to really stay healthy, stay proactive, stay optimistic, and, and don't, don't, be, don't be depressed. But I was reading something. I don't know. Uh, in terms of asthma, you've there's some grants that are coming in. You're working on some new projects. Maybe shift mm -hmm. to that because with whatever the project, whatever you want to say now, it all relates. It's health. It's health. It's health. It's health. It's health. Mm -hmm. We have different ways of defining various health stages and diseases, but the the, mm -hmm. the, the, comp the comprehensive nature. So share a little bit of, about about asthma and, and your efforts in that regard. Yeah. So we have an initiative um, with our. Um, in our environmental section that is led by Raphael Ramos. And um, we received a grant, it's called the Healthy Homes Grant. And we, um, in addition to doing lead response effort and getting, you know, lead um, safe homes, we are also now doing healthy homes assessment on risk levels that may have an impact on asthma triggers. I have a son who has asthma. So um, as a parent, over 20 years ago, my son is now 24. Um, he has, he was having these different triggers and I, I was new to public health and I had a healthy homes assessment myself. And believe it or not, you don't realize like things in your home that can actually trigger hmm. just things like, you know, a rug um, and curtains or um, because dust builds up in different mm -hmm. parts of your house and particles are um, a trigger to could impact your child's health, a pillow, um, mm. or the way that you use to clean your home and different products. So we do a assessment of different risk triggers. And we also offer 
um, resources um, to get people started. So like we may give you a Swiffer mop, for example, mm. if you use a different mop that may cause uh, dust to come up rather than staying contained. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, pillow covers and things of that nature. And so I certainly want to encourage families that will like a healthy homes assessment um, to call us at the health department at 946-6999 and ask for the environmental section, healthy homes division. And we will make sure that we schedule a home visit where we literally would just be looking for any triggers that can impact. But we know that there are other environmental factors that are impacting asthma in our community. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. We need to invest more resources. Um, and so certainly also looking at other environmental factors that can impact um, our uh, community through different neighborhoods. And so um, a lot of uh, things that we're looking at um, and you know, we'll be forthcoming with future information on other efforts that we'll be doing um, and listening to the community on things that we can um, consider. Um, because one of the things that we do is that, you know, you are our eyes and I, you know, and living mm -hmm. in New Haven, um, I see it even when I'm just going shopping over the weekend, um, you know, we have to also be able to in report environmental concerns that um, fumes that you may see um, mm. that may be coming out of um, a building or, um, you know, things that people may see in the water, different mm -hmm. things can impact us. And so as a community, you know, we want to remind residents that you can always file complaints or concerns to us and we will actively uh, activate and go and go assess that complaint. So I do encourage the community to always inform us because that is how we can better the community is collectively we are being socially responsible for the community we live in. Indeed. And, and so that, that number again is? 946-6999. Excellent. And even you, you referenced Raphael. So share a little bit about lead paint. And I'm pushing you here for people to see the connection. I mean, there's, so, so lead paint, let's jump to that for a second. So we know that, you know, there are, you know, typically homes built before 1978, they are um, use lead-based products um, to be able to paint, for example. And um, we respond to any uh, child that has an elevated blood level greater than five um, between zero and the um, age of six years old. And that triggers us as a health department to activate and then be able to assess what risk um, are causing the child's elevated blood level. And the fact that New Haven starts at the elevation blood level of five, it's significant because um, until just last year when the legislation just passed at the state level, um, most cities across the state of Connecticut did not activate until 20 um, uh, elevated blood levels. And mm. so in the city of New Haven, we're very unique where we activate early because we know that it can affect neuro, you know, neurological um, um, factors in our children. Mm -hmm. um, and so we want to make sure that we protect the child's health as early as possible. And we also support the not only the parent and the family, but we also have grants available to abate the lead and allow mm. homeowners to be able to participate in the, in the home. So uh, the funds that I receive from the federal government um, are strictly for those children that are impacted um, so that we know that the money is being invested back into the homes where they live. And we also provide relocation support in the event that a, a child's life is at risk. But I do have to say that oftentimes 
we don't, when we're doing that, we assess not only the home, we also assess uh, where the child is spending most of their time, mm, which is mm -hmm, another family mm -hmm. member's home mm -hmm. or daycare. So we assess like a whole 360 to making sure that we get to uh, the bottom of where the child is being exposed um, to lead. And um, just really uh, proud of the team. We launched a lead dashboard. So if you want to see how lead looks like in our city and where cases are actively, mm -hmm. it's all uh, data that is protected. There's no child's information, um, but it certainly has a platform where it shows you um, where we are with cases and the statuses of those different cases, because we want to be as transparent to our community. Mm. Um, but it is really heavily regulatory. I want to shout out my lead inspectors. They work really hard um, to making sure that they meet every single deadline um, to protecting our children and our families. Um, and we know that lead can be detrimental. We have seen some unfortunate cases where chelation has happened and um, that is a worst case scenario. So we want to avoid that. So we also have a prevention campaign where mm -hmm. we do a lot of lead education. We have community health outreach workers that we have invested as part of the program because we know that if we can prevent it from happening, then we don't we don't have to get to the to the point of tracking children. So we are really heavy about preventing, promoting, and protecting. And those are the three P's that we always talk about. Excellent, excellent. And we're, we're gonna you know, con conclude and kind of with the, with the Thanksgiving campaign, but I wanted to ask, just as you were chatting also, and thanks for referencing State State Senator Gary Winfield, who is so, so proactive in various areas. For, for, 20, for the legislature, legislation, the, the, the state reps and state senators kind of come together and the governor again in, in January. Anything for this next session that you think from a bill standpoint, for an issue standpoint that needs to be, needs to be addressed? Absolutely. I see one of the things that we're looking at currently, you know, first, we're going to be assessing what bills are being proposed, um, but certainly uh, more funding for local health is something that we're looking at, advocating as a collective through the Connecticut Association Directors of Health. I'm the secretary on that board. Um, and so certainly as a collective statewide, we are going to be monitoring those bills as soon as the session starts um, and uh, hoping to put together a legislative breakfast so that we can be able to mm talk with our legislators about what we do as local health departments across the cities and be able to continue this um, dialogue on how do we ensure that public health stays at the forefront of the legislators because they have a lot of competing factors mm -hmm. that are thrown at them from many different angles, which are all important, but certainly we saw how important public health was in the midst of the pandemic and we wanna make sure that we continue to get supported as we continue to protect the health of the community. I really appreciate you sharing that because whether we're talking about COVID or flu or diabetes or asthma or lead paint, there's an economic factor involved and there's a policy involved and there's money that has to be expended and invested and citizens have to get the return on the investment. And, That's this, right. show, and this show to me is you, you've just kind of illustrated why you're, you're passionate about each taxpaying citizen and, get, and just every resident of America getting a return on their investment, but absolutely. But we, but we gotta work, we gotta work the wheels of power and influence and, and, and social communion uh, all, all together. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And as a community, it's important for us to be aware also because it can have an impact negatively on us if we're not tracking and staying in tune. Um, and so it's important to, you know, you know, build those relationships with your local legislators all the way to your alders, um, because um, you want to make sure that your voice is being represented 
at whatever level, it's including myself as your public servant. As a public servant, I have a commitment um, and an oath to serving the public and um, certainly holding me accountable as well. We've, we've uh, have about three more minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me, I do want to conclude with the vaccine campaign and how to yes. recommend people. But if I, and this is a little bit unfair because it's toward the end of the show. But if I throw, if, if I throw out the phrase racism as a public health crisis, would it that, is. So what, when people hear that they, so you say it is, is it is emphatically, is it is just as a current soundbite? So it, it, is, it is certainly a priority for us as the, um, so I'm going to be launching our strategic plan. As you know, we declared it as a city um, and different partners were involved in passing legislation. Um, we've seen the data haven report that continues to show um, in really the history around um individuals not trusting even our healthcare system um, because of the different levels of care depending on race. And you know, you and I have actually advocated on a lot of issues around health disparities, right? And stemming from race. And so um, I am committed to it. I have been committed to this for a long time. And so I am launching our strategic plan relatively soon. And that will be um, at the forefront for the for the health department as well, and continue to working with our partners and advocating for the public. Excellent. Well, per- perhaps we could we can kind of reconvene and share that absolutely the upcoming show. Uh, absolutely. With three more minutes, and and so Thanksgiving campaign. If you want to be a star, if you want to be a, uh, a, a, a WhatsApp, <laughs> you want to have a lot of followers. How do you get involved and what's involved with this Thanksgiving? As campaign? you are gathering, for, as you're getting the holiday spirit, you should get into the holiday of the spirit of Thanksgiving campaign where you can enter your family photo, which runs from now until December 26th. And photos can be submitted at nhvvax.org. You can participate um, and be able to be entered into one of the prizes that will be given away, which is tons of them, including like $100 gift cards to grocery stores, which is really important now as we are gathering for holidays, mm-hmm. but also being on billboards or different commercial clips that we will be airing. So please participate, join in the fun. My family participated already, although I will not take a prize. <laughs> so um, definitely um, excited. And remember on the same website, nhvvax.org, you can also get your additional vaccine for COVID as well as a flu vaccine at one of these locations. So make sure you visit our website for more information. Excellent. Maritza, thank you so much. Happy holidays. Happy holiday season to you. Um, Likewise. Hope hope to see you soon. I'll see you in the community, I'm sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jen. Take care. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'm going to roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions. Looking at devoiding myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working. Open curtains. Haters swerving because they ain't ready for your final version. I'm never going to give up, give up. Fall down. I just got to get up, get up. Because yeah. this is my road. Camera action, I'm ready to go. I'm never gonna give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up.